Hi, my name is Jeff Melly. This is the pilot episode for my podcast. And I've been struggling and retaking this as I try to put together some kind of a plan to describe what people can expect if they subscribe and follow. And it's really hard because there are really great podcasts out there. We have social media and uh, reliable network news giants, you know, superstars. And they've been doing a pretty decent job of conveying facts and uh, relating to, you know, events that we've been subjected to over the last few years. And the hard part is watching none of that translate to any real, I guess, victories or, or progress. So we've all become characters in a real-life fiction because we've had warnings about things. We've voiced our concerns and fears about those, had them ignored, uh, and then we suffered because of inaction or deliberate action on part on the part of the Marxist Democrats, deep state, whoever's running and deciding things. Um, for instance, remember in 2016-17 when Obama decided that it would be best to allow the intelligence communities, uh, different agencies to cooperate? There was a reason why they didn't before that. And um, a few years before that, I was working with the one of the agencies overseas and um they really didn't want that to happen any of the field level any of the people really working boots on ground did not want that to happen with the the other domestic intelligence and investigative branches of our federal government they liked the autonomy they they almost required it um do you remember when uh, the when obama did that when he said that they it would be best if they communicate with each other it would be better for the safety of the american people if that was the case why wasn't that an idea or a change that was implemented very early maybe perhaps his first hundred days of his first term uh, and a lot of us called it out and said that uh, something went wrong there was a problem and that this change was necessary necessary to keep people out of prison and um it was part of going to be part of something that we would find out about and it was do you remember the response from the media about that? How we were uh, heretics or crazies or conspiracy theorists? We've all been conspiracy theorists now because we've been right um, and vindicated in the end, yet nothing's done. The uh, Russia collusion hoax is, is, is the pinnacle, in my opinion. There's no way that happened without treason seditious conspiracy whatever you want to call it um because the only other alternative is that every conceivable safety in the fbi cia nsa state department was involved as well um, every possible safety including the training of individuals and agents uh the department of justice uh, the lawyers who are supposed to oversee the process, the, uh, the S Supreme Court judges who sat on the FISA court, every fail-safe that's supposed to protect Americans broke. And um, uh, for me, I want to say that the, 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 last, the, the last straw, the line in the sand was crossed when uh, Supreme Court Justice James Boasberg gave Kevin Kleinsmith 
uh, Kleinsmith, as you recall, admitted to falsifying evidence in order to obtain a final warrant, a FISA warrant, or extension, and he gave him probation because he thought that the media ridicule and uh, he'd been beaten up by the media, so he let Kevin Kleinsmith go on probation. Kleinsmith still has, has not been disbarred, as to the best of my knowledge, in either Michigan, where he came from, or um, in, in D.C., um, I, and I said to myself, if that, if, if he isn't handed some form of punishment, then that's kind of it because the FISA court's job is to make sure that warrants presented, um, are filled out honestly, appropriately, and that the, um, Americans are protected from the intelligence community and that clearly failed. Uh, the other question from that then would be, was Obama in on it? If Obama wasn't in on it, then perhaps somebody like Joe Biden should be very concerned because we have rogue intelligence, investigative agents, the federal level, and he's in office now. So the curious thing to me is he doesn't even speak about it at all, which would suggest that um, the federal government, the, the, the intelligence community, is part of the Democrat Party now. Uh, prove otherwise, to, to, you know, prove me wrong. And I'd love to hear some theories on how the Russia collusion went on for as long as it did that in, don't involve treason or seditious conspiracy. I don't think it's possible. And then to move that insanity down the timeline to 2020, the election, people who committed treason really aren't going to really give a crap about election fraud. And we could add in there all the dishonesty from Congress with uh, Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell and those screaming about having evidence in hand that uh, Trump and Associates were working with Russia. What a bunch of hogwash. We could also add on to that the Capitol Police. Um, do you remember what they did with Javier Becerra's remote access server that he allowed Imran Awan to use to access everything in uh, from in DNC and the Democrats he was supporting with his IT services. Do you know, realize he was in Pakistan for 14 months straight at one point, conceivably with his Hamas uncle looking over his shoulder. They whisked, The Capitol Police whisked that away. The DNC server itself that was allegedly hacked was lost, the DNCC server. So there are very few clean people left. And I know I've heard many, many times that there should be some kind of support for the rank-and-file members of these agencies, the FBI, CIA, NSA, DOJ, Capitol Police, etc., etc. And I don't agree with that because we've been pounded for a decade that our silence is violence. And I think we should use the same approach because there had to have been dozens of individuals who had access to the collusion information, the, the DNC hack, and um, they knew about it and didn't speak up because they'd rather protect their careers and their retirement, pensions, benefits, and so on, and let the country burn. They watched the country burn because they made that choice to preserve themselves. So I suppose if I were to apply a theme give you a heads up on any sort of theme that would appear through these episodes in the podcast. 
probably going to be that we need to formulate our approach on things and make sure that at all times the Marxist Democrats know that we know that 90% of what they're peddling is bogus. And I'll wrap this episode up by stating my support for a two-state solution, not in Israel and Palestine, but in the United States. I think that all red states and red counties should ignore what's going on now and take care of their own constituents. I think that elections, because of H.R. 1 that's going through, you have to read that. You would not believe what they're trying to do to the elections uh, in the future. Um, I think that the control for, of elections should all be done at the local level so counties can take care of and control and make decisions for their own people. And here's why, although it sounds like a crazy idea, here's why I think it would be best. This would be the real ultimate litmus test. Do blue states, will blue states make it? Will red states and counties not make it? This calls all the liars into the room. This one, it will be too hard to disprove after a period of time, say a year or two. And what could happen and what would make this work is if the red counties and red states worked it out, coordinated, collected, and used their own taxes for their own purposes. The federal fuel tax stays in that red body. The only tax I would worry about would be FICA or employment taxes, and that's debatable. Somebody with a little more knowledge, somebody more knowledgeable on that subject would probably be able to flesh that portion out. If nothing else, merely stating this concept, it would be interesting to see the reaction. And I think the reaction would speak volumes about what how this would go against their plan. Because right now, uh, here's, a, here's a good example of what the deep state, blue, is planning. 1,600 buildings burnt in Minneapolis. They're gone. Over a billion dollars in damage. And here's what's going to happen. They will get federal grants to rebuild. And the people who actually burnt the building down, those buildings, will have gainful employment for burning those buildings down because in union towns, um, their regulations stipulate that they have to employ a, a large percentage of, of local labor. So it's kind of nuts that they can actually destroy their city and they get paid to repair it or rebuild it. And that that burden is shared by the 50 states or 57, depending on who you ask. So that's mostly it for this episode. And maybe I'll provide a few teasers. Uh, I think I'd like to do a some episodes soon on the hypocrisy of the Green New Deal covered in a slightly different way in, in, in such a manner that I have not quite heard yet. Uh, and sustainability is what I was classically trained for. My most recent education history was that of sustainable business. So I hope you enjoyed this and I hope you continue to follow through subscribing. Peace out, America.